With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Gallagher Shots YouTube channel and podcast. And we are back with our third match reaction of the season. I am your host today, Chris, joined by Joe and Ian. I'm going to be honest with, with everybody that is watching and listening to this one. It's not going to be pretty upbeat, this one. And the reason why we're doing it the morning after the game is because emotions were very high yesterday. And... I didn't want to put the likes of myself or the rest of the lads in that sort of position where they could say something which they may regret. Um, jump forward to the next morning, and I think we are all feeling exactly the same as what we did at full time. <laughs> so it made no difference whatsoever. <laughs> so um, we're just going to dive in. We're going to keep this one pretty quick, around about 20 minutes long, um, because I think a few people are waking up with with mixed reactions after that, after that display. But I'll come to you first of all, Joe. It was the same start in 11, which Eddie Howe has gone with uh, since the start of this campaign. Um, I don't think there's any grumbles about that, that the lads have, have, have played well in both games prior to this one. So any 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 grumbles from you? Any concerns? No, no surprise. We absolutely dominated the ball against Villa and we played against a City team that was European champions, treble winners. It was kind of a... Um, it, it was kind of a free hit that game. So you look at that and think, well, the lads can't really express themselves in the way that they did in the opening day of the season. So there's no point trying to read too much into that. It's w w the, the midfield was looking really solid and uh, you know strong, great in possession, creative down the wings. Uh, so you thought it was a perfect opportunity against a Liverpool side whose Midfield is still very much taking shape. They're bringing in new signings. They don't really have a out and out defensive midfielder to help hold the four. And you thought that is a big opportunity for us to you know, dominate that midfield, to um, 
to really get one over on, on a Liverpool team that have ran the show in recent years. Mm. Uh, a lot of the commentary uh, leading up to this game was how Eddie Howe's side is now looking like the Liverpool team of three, four years ago that used to dominate that press and play, you know, run teams out of a game. And it looked like a really good, I say again, opportunity for us to replicate what Liverpool have done to so many teams in the past. Mm. Um, you were involved in the match preview, Ian, if I remember right. And uh, I think it was suggested a few times that if we dominate that midfield, that then the game's ours uh, because that, that's where it's going to be won and lost. Um, but I, I want to jump straight into the game straight away. And it's it's a great start from Newcastle, dominant once again. Um, it was an end for a little spell, I would say. But once... <clears throat> Once Newcastle got into the flow, and obviously the, the first decision which the referee has to make there is is the Trent Alexander Arnold. Um, well, basically throws a ball back on the field and picks up his first yellow card. Um, listening back to, to to match of the day, and obviously where, where where I am in the ground, I don't see this happening. Um, obviously I see that he throws the ball on the field, but that's never a yellow card to me in regards to which should have been stopped before that because Gordon absolutely clatters him. So so. What what are your thoughts on that one, first of all? Yeah, I thought so I think Klopp was on about and I'm trying not to comment about him because my feelings are him of just like below negative. So you're right, I think Gordon does foul him. I think they should have had a free kick, but that doesn't happen. It's it's sort of the old the old adage of play of the whistle. They didn't get a free kick for that. That's been and gone. His reaction then now by the letter of the law and, and how sort of cheap these things are, it's a yellow card. But completely agree. I think that Gordon does come in and, and sort of takes him out and they should have had a free kick. But that being said, that didn't happen. You've just got to sort of react to, to then what, what comes after that, which is by now the letter of the law, um, a, a booking. But then that will, if you want to jump straight into the, the, straight the yeah, second one, yeah. So, the second one is annoying because Gordon's away. Like it's, I think it was he was booked within three minutes. I think this happens on seven minutes. Gordon's away from him. He pulls him back. And I was watching match of the day. I was watch. I've watched Premier League games this season. I think Tommy Asu for Arsenal got sent off for a second yellow as well um, on Monday against Palace for that sort of pullback, which. Again, it's just infuriating because the lack of consistency in, in Premier League refereeing. And again, we covered this at the end of the, the match preview. And I feel it's not even a case of if he if he doesn't have a yellow, he's booked. We've seen it time and time before. That foul is a booking. And it, it happened to an Arsenal player where he was wasting time. He got his first booking. The pullback, yes, it's soft, but it's a, it's a yellow card. But I, I strongly believe like if he didn't get booked in should we say controversial circumstances because I don't feel the, it should have led to a booking because they should have had a foul but he's been booked referee the game as normal like that is a yellow card offence they should have been down to 10 men and I'm not making excuses at all because obviously they then go down to 10 men but it's just the, the consistency of, of our lack of consistency of refereeing is just so frustrating but to me it's it's a red it's like second yellow and it's a red card it, it was highlighted on correctly. match of the day, Joe, wasn't it? It was highlighted a match of the day that it's all about timing in a game and it shouldn't yeah. be the case. The referee has completely bottled it because he's about to give two yellow cards in the opening 10 minutes of a game. 
at the time I I was screaming bottle job at the referee, I won't lie. I, if I remember correctly, it wasn't just a pullback though. He went out and swung his arm at Gordon face, and almost yeah. hit him in, in sort of yeah, mm -hmm. sort of hit him bottom of the face, top of the shoulders, whatever. I mean, that in itself is is quite malicious. It depends on this is the thing, how much do we want to give referees um the benefit of the doubt that context in the game matters? Like, is it it, it, those two incidents so early in the game um relatively relatively quite light yellows especially the first one it, that sets a precedent for the rest of the game doesn't it well yeah is is i guess the question the wider question is do we think that football is bene benefit from context in referees given the benefit of the doubt and not uh having these challenges so black and white I know that is difficult because then that opens a whole can of worms as to the rule book and you know what the letter of the law is and how it is dictated. Um, and it's a difficult one. It depends on how strict you want to be with the rules going forward and, and how much that is worth potentially compromising what would be a good game. I, I know you can turn around and say, well, he deserved to be sent off because of two yellows. Um, it, it's, a it's a difficult one. It is. I've seen those yellows given. I've seen them not given. Um, I mean, I'm not being funny. We... Yeah, I mean, look at look at Martinez, uh, who took down Almiron. We were screaming for a red all the time, and we were annoyed that wasn't just a yellow. It was, it was, yeah, fair enough. It, you know, Gordon was taken down an hour half, but regardless, he was still starting an attack, and it was looking very dangerous. So it was worthy of at least another yellow if you take that into consideration. Yeah, I can see, I could see if the referee let him get away with the first yellow because it's so early in the game and yeah. it's just a frustration sort of thing. I would have got that. The second one's a yellow card all day long. The only reason he doesn't Absolutely. get that, pick that yellow yeah. card up there is because of what's just happened a few mm. moments beforehand. That's Precisely, the only yeah. reason. Yeah. And if I had a fast forward, if I had done that 15 minutes after the first challenge, then that would have 100% been the second yellow card and he would have been off. Yeah. It's all to do with timing. And the referees obviously thought it's too early in the game to send a player off not knowing what was going to happen not long after that as well. Yeah. Um, but but for me, I, I think he bottles it down down to, to how early in the game it is. And I, I don't I think, think we can so, look yeah. at it in any other way whatsoever. But then that but, comes back to yeah. the, the point you made, or, or that was made on match of the day. It shouldn't matter. Like if it's a foul, in, if it's a yellow card foul or a red card foul in the first minute, the same foul is then warranted for the same punishment in the 20th minute, the 80th minute, the 97th minute. Like it, it shouldn't matter. And that's, that's the frustrating thing. And it's, but that's always been the case. It hasn't just been this incident. And yes, we're a little mm. bit angry because, because of the result and it's, it's happened against us, but that shouldn't matter. And it's, it is just frustrating. But I think that the level of refereeing again is a completely different conversation. It's questionable at best at the moment. Um, it's, it's what the third third game week of the season, and the, there's already decisions out there, abundance of decisions, which are, have got big question marks above them, and, and huge concerns about how officiating in this country is is getting worse. I would say, um, but jumping on from there, there's a couple of chances. I think Joel Linton gets a chance. Um, I think it's just after where Miggy keeps it on the right hand side, where he's he's absolutely flying to keep that ball in. Um, Jolin gets, I think he hits it straight uh, at the keeper. Then there's another mm. one which it's Nick Pope pulls off a great save, and I think it might be from Diaz. Diaz is yeah, on the left side, yeah. yeah, great, great one. But I think after that, that's when we saw Newcastle come into the game and dominate that midfield because every time we lost the ball, I would say within 10 seconds, we got it back, and we, yeah. we're just we're reading the game so well. And I thought Tonali in that period of the game was absolutely superb 
he was graphing his arse off to get everywhere on the field. And nine out of ten times, he was doing something well with the ball as well. And you can look at the same on the left-hand side with, with Gordon as well. Gordon, for me, man of the match. Um, 100%. Easy. easy. Obviously, the, the game changed slightly later on, but, but we'll get on to that. Um, next upcoming is, is the goal, obviously. And Anthony Gordon capitalises on a mistake by the Liverpool back for uh, Joe. And we've seen in pre-season um, that when Gordon finds himself in these sort of positions, it's a 50-50 chance, really, which way it goes. Um, he hasn't been great at finishing in, in some of the games which we have seen. But this one, he does really well to, to pick that ball up and just tuck it underneath the keeper. Very well. The anticipation to uh, to read that, that, that the pass could go your wayward, the... I think Van, it was a Van Dyke who was still coming down on him on the right-hand side at that time. Yeah. Yeah. The Allison, who was one of, if not the best goalkeeper in the world, coming right with his box in, closing that angle in, and he manages just to tuck it in beautifully. I was worried. At the, I was worried when he was going through because you said his everything but his finishing has been clinical. Yeah. Um, in preseason, and it's one of those where you feel like a longer player goes on without scoring a goal, yada, 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 you know, confidence and whatnot. But for him to get that goal, especially who it was against as well, was absolutely sweet. And you could see how much it meant to him. Mm. We, we really, we really desperately need our wingers this season to be more clinical. That is one yeah. criticism uh, that I think a lot, most people had of Eddie Howe's uh, players. Well, it was play last season was that, we were getting a lot of few goals from midfield in that. And obviously, you know, Miggy did have that purple patch where he scored a lot, mm-hmm. but the consistently getting them throughout the uh, throughout the season was something we struggled with. It was in same with St. Maximin. That was always something that was leveraged against him. And so we brought in the likes of Gordon, Harvey Bonds to be these, um, you know, clinical poachers, so to speak, on, on those wide areas. And it looks like we're finally getting it. It looks like we're finally yeah. getting it. And I really, really, I'm really happy for the lad because um, you could tell, again, how much it meant to him. Hopefully it does kick on that confidence boost that he needs to uh, to get us 15 goals a season. Especially with Harvey Barnes just, just breathing down, mm. down his neck as well. He's well, that's not it. far away. That's it. He's got yeah. to have, have, have the, if he gets these chances, he has to score them. And, and not just that, he had a great game overall, I thought. I think I've said this just last yeah. week or the week before that, it was his best game in a Newcastle shirt. He's got to I think it was the best game against Liverpool. Yeah. I mean, I never watch Everton week in and week out, but I can't imagine he would have had too many better performances playing for them as well. Mm. He really, he really was up for his fitness levels, man. I mean, yeah. what he was, you know, what he's saying uh, when he first arrived that he wasn't up to scratch in terms of his fitness yeah. and he he wasn't able to provide what Eddie Howe wanted him to. I think he's absolutely now within that remit to do exactly what Eddie Howe's asking of him and not jump too much ahead, but it did baffle me a little bit performing like that, how he didn't start for the full 90. Mm. Well, we'll, we'll get onto that. Um, yeah. I think Eddie Howe has actually spoken about that as well. Um, Okay. Gordon's sticking on, on, on Gordon. He's involved in the next phase of play. It, it's him that gets that ball and puts uh, Isaac through. And Isaac's basically just, just taken out by Van Dyke. Uh, and red card is shown instantly by the referee. Um, Van Dyke is not very happy that he has seen red and that, that he's getting sent back into the changing rooms. Um, for you, is it a red card? Blatant. Like, if. So again, uh, I hate I hate the phrase because I sound like him off uh, line of duty. But letter of the law is it's a it's a goal scoring opportunity. Yes, he's I know there's that double jeopardy rule, but like inside he, the box that is. Uh, what is it? Oh well, there you yeah. go then. He's 
So if that yes, be, it... if that challenge had to be made inside the box, most likely we would have got a penalty and he would have got a yellow card. Yellow card. Fair. Um, but yeah, he's actually done so well to get himself between the ball and uh, running at pace as well. It's not just that he's sort of braced for impact. He's got in front of the Van Dyke and got himself between the ball. And uh, again, he up and he, his comments afterwards. There's no active. There's no active contact between him and Isaac apparently. What other than the, other than that, that's what that's what he's contact. What is no that? no idea what back of the line, man. Is. What's he on about? He's literally took both his legs out. Yes, he's then got a touch on the ball, but that's before he's took <laughs> Isaac out. If he if he doesn't tackle there, Isaac's in the box. That's potentially two nil. So I, and I don't know what Carragher's on about. Oh, you don't know if it's a oh. goal scoring opportunity. He's he's literally through he's clean on he's the goal, like, touch away from being in the box one on one with Allison. And it's not even I like, like Carragher, it's, but it's, that was that was poor from him. It's not even if it's out wide or like he's got the rest of the pitch to cover and he's got defenders covering. He's passed the last man, like so. I, I genuinely don't know what they were crying about. It's it's a blatant red card, um, but uh, it wouldn't surprise us if then that gets overturned. Be just because of the windy, but there's there's no on no planet is that not a red card. I, I don't want to I don't want to come across as a bit of a windy because it, it happens in most Premier League <clears> games. <throat> but the new rule which came in this season was that only one player from each team was allowed to approach the referee in any sort of situation. Mm. We saw about six or seven uh, around about the referee when Van Dyke went off, and Van Dyke took a good handful of minutes before he even left the field of play. So it'll be interesting to see what happens on the back of that because I know they have been clamping down on, on respect for referees. And, and it looked like he was almost going to refuse to leave the yeah. pitch as well, wasn't he? He was like, no, nah, He wasn't going, really was he? Yeah. Um, so if we'll, we'll move on there because we've got quite a few talking points in the second half yeah, where, when the game drops a bit. Um, but I think just before half-time, that's when Miggy has a great chance and it's a great save by us. Unreal save. Great save and he knocks it onto the Post, I believe it is. Um, uh, then, it, then it bounces back into on the line and it gets cleared. I think um, the referee looks he, pa- he palms it. He palms it on the crossbar nice. and just pops down like just just in front of right, the line. Okay, smash it, smashes it away. So, uh, so the referee looks straight at his watch there, and I'm thinking, how oh, wait, just just blow your whistle, just say that's gone in because I'm obviously that side. I'm Gallagher, so <laughs> yeah, I can't no. say. But but you're saying then then obviously the, the match goes on. Um, the second half comes, and and I think. After the second half, the first five, ten minutes, once again, Newcastle in possession straight away. Uh, and we're like, all right, we mean business here. Um, but then I think what's happened, because Liverpool have, have gone down to ten minutes, it, it slightly changes the way we approach games. And, and I'm not sure if that's from the likes of the coaching staff changing things or if it's the players on the field just thinking, we can take with time here, we can slow it down a bit because they're only ten men. I think what we should have done in that game, that second half, have just gone for the jugular straight away and just kept on going and going and going. And obviously, with, with left back being on a sorry, with uh, was left right back, uh, right back, sorry, uh, right back being on, on a yellow card, I, we didn't capitalize that as, as much as what we should have done because you no. could see every time Gordon went down that side, they were scared to put a challenge in and he was just drifting past on, on obviously his side of the field. Then I think that's when things around about. 55, 60 minutes, that's when I'm thinking that this game is, is slowly falling away from us and it we can just see it slipping. And I think one of the things is, is 
just to quickly go through these, Gordon has a great chance. He picks up on the left-hand side. He drives across the front of the box and absolutely smashes it wide. It should be hitting the target all day long there. If you watch the replay, because I thought that it comes uh, off his left foot first. It does, so it, it, knocks, yeah. it, it knocks it oh, just he, to the he right. He's done that thing again where he's hit it with his wrong foot. Yeah. Aye, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's unlucky. It's really unlucky. Then, it was, it was we'll have another run. chance as well, not too long after that, where Miggy... From the other side of the field, the right-hand side, cuts across the box, smashes that and hits the, the post. And I'm thinking, it's at that point what? where I'm thinking, oh, we're, man. We're missing, we're missing a uh, big the Miggy balloon the, where, where he leans back and skies it over. I think it was Joe Linton who does absolutely yeah. fantastic on the left-hand side by the byline. Don't know how he manages to get it um, away from the defenders. I think it ricochets a bit. Uh, but, yeah, he knocks it in. And Miggy's in a perfect, perfect spot. And he, yeah, he just leans back and absolutely skies it over the top. He's even got time to take a touch there as well. Like, he's, there's literally no one around him. It's just instinctive when, when the ball lands up that, in that area. And, of course, and, yeah. You're probably just going to smash at him. But, like, like Joe said, that lean, it's, it's just, he's absolutely nearly took that out of the top of the Gallagher there, man. Yeah. He really has. Um, right. So, we're going to get to the bit where things start going downhill. Obviously, there's a couple of substitutions made. Uh, Gordon goes off, Tenali goes off. Joel Linton, I go Joe off, Linton goes, goes off, off. as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which changes the game massively because that's two players there in, in Tanani and Gordon, which are dominating in, in the, the areas of the field which they play. Um, Eddie Howes came out and said that I believe Gordon was limping, so Gordon might have a slight issue there. Um, and Tanani, he looked absolutely knackered uh, at this point of the game. Okay, but having said that, this is where the game changes massively. And this is where the, our grasp on the game starts going completely and Liverpool dominate from here. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Um, let's fire through the goals. So um, the first goal. So Nunes comes on, obviously. Uh, Nunes comes on. And the first goal, it's Liverpool started playing these sort of balls uh, as the game went on, where it was just kind of route one, really, where they're just trying to get that up the field as, as quick as possible. And all it takes from Liverpool is two, three passes in the right-hand goal. And we've seen that for years on that club with Liverpool. And they do similar here. So the ball comes from the centre of midfield. And it unfortunately, Botman's position, he's, he's kind of on the turn. He's caught square, aren't like half Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, he's aware of over his shoulders. Nunes is, is there and causing a bit of an issue. And it just kind of hits him just below the hip, I believe. Then the ball just bobbles under his feet. Then it just lands perfectly in line for Nunes to, to run with that. But what I do want to say is he absolutely buries that chance. Oh, it's a fantastic finish. Like, take nothing away one, from that. It's caused one mistake from us. And Liverpool have scored. And that, I believe, it was, was the reason the why a lot of people are frustrated at, at this one. The first think, real chance that they get and they bury it. I think it was the first possible first shot on target. Well, no, no, no. Sa- Salah. Center. Don't forget, Botman had to do a world-class block to stop Salah yeah, from did. scoring. Oh, yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. He did. That, at that point, that was the point where I was bricking it. Because mm. you, you, men- just... you mentioned about the times there, Chris, like 60, 65 minutes in, I remember turning to someone saying, 
I'm worried here because we are 1-0 up, but we are letting them have way too much possession in yeah. the field. They're, be, mm. they're biding their time. They're being patient. They know that they can have one or two big chances and probably mm-hmm. square them away. And I was really concerned. <clears throat> it wasn't even just like clear-cut chances. We let them have so much possession. We weren't pressing as a unit. I think that's where it comes down. It was just... The, the midfield changes weren't everyone was regimented and they knew the job when he brought and this is no disrespect to the players that they've brought on because we've seen how well Longstaff can break up play and he's really really good at that but there was just didn't seem like there was any cohesion in terms of the press and then we started sitting further and further back and then it was even things like they were getting like quite a few corners that were dangerous and there was like a couple that Pope sort of missed and it, it was just, you could tell, and I completely agree with you, it was around about 60, 65 minutes where we just invited them back into the game. And yes, they're down to 10 men. And yes, I cannot stand Liverpool and Klopp and, and the majority of their players, but they are absolute world-class players. Like it just because they're down to 10 men doesn't change the fact that they can still win games, which obviously we'll go out in a second and they go and do. Mm. Um, I, I think just stick with the first goal, Joe. Can you blame Botman or is it just unlucky? No. At this oh, God, no. no. Well, I will blame Botman as an individual. What I will blame is the team for allowing that much space at the back at that point in the game because you can you can accept that a player will have some like a mistake that what, what happened with Botman because it was just a look at the bounce. That that happens. Mm. You know, it's, it's really unfortunate. But why were we allowing that much space on a team for a team that was just playing through balls and had just brought on such a quick player, such a Nunez, like it felt like it was self-sabotage. That's the yeah. thing with this game. And make no bones about it, Liverpool deserved to win this game because of the yeah. game management. <clears throat> simple, simple as that. However, we need to have a hard look at ourselves and go, why did we, in such a fortunate position, such as what we were in, basically do everything that Liverpool wanted us to do in order to afford mm. them counter-attacks. So I don't know why we allow that much space. I don't know. What, what, yeah, the midfield, I mean... The, the gap that, between the, the midfield and defence was huge. It was. Like, it got huge. It got huge and it was so baffling. Um, yeah, it was weird. It was weird. And I'll tell you what, like, it was this criticism that we're now having. I mean, it kind of goes back to what you said, Chris, earlier about um, you know playing against 10 men is it harder. I mean, Eddie Howe was asked about this exact thing at the end of the game and he said that it's a difficult, sorry, it's a different proposition playing against 10 men because they sit deeper, um, they're more patient, etc. And we had this issue last year where we couldn't break teams down that play the low yeah. block. Yeah. Right. And we struggle against, and no disrespect, but we struggle against lower, lesser teams like Bournemouth, Palace, and, and things like that. Liverpool, yeah, fine. They got 10 men, but I'm not being funny. They made substitutions to bolster back at the back, and, and then they're happy as Larry just sitting back and seeing what they can do. So, it's our fault for not taking these opportunities, but it's, it does continue to worry me that we struggle to break teams down when they mm. play that low block. Um, but, you know, it, it, it is what it is. They're, they're a world-class team. Um, you, you spoke about self-destructing there, and, and I think it's it's great to, to jump across to, to the second goal, which we conceded yeah. and Liverpool's winner. Um, I, I know Bruno has, has not necessarily came under a lot of stick because obviously everybody knows what happened on social media with a Newcastle account and the reaction that Bruno gave on that uh, about blaming individuals. Um, and I'm not blaming Bruno as an individual for losing this game. Of course I'm not. But I think we do have to to look at Bruno's decision to try and play the ball on the outside of his boot in that area of the field when he's got 
is it who, who's it the player is it is it Elliot that hits it's, off it's Harvey Elliot that Harvey hits Elliot, and yeah. then he, he gets it straight to Salah yeah so he's Harvey Elliott's on him like a couple of foot away and Bruno's trying to be clever with his ball and, and ping it with the outside of his boot to get around him it's at that point as soon as that happens Liverpool are away once again and it's what 90th minute or something daft like 93rd. that 93rd it's it's honestly it's it's a disastrous decision by Bruno to do that in that position when he's got options everywhere around him. It could have been a nice, easy layoff to, to target and we could have possibly hit Liverpool down that left-hand side. But no, Bruno makes this decision. And once again, it, it puts overall, it puts Nunes in a very similar position. He found himself in the first one and it's a different finish. It's another finish, which is absolutely fantastic, mind, but it's a different one. He, he puts the ball high and around Nick Pope there. And, it's, I just, you know, I can't understand what's gone through Bruno's head to do that. I, I just can't get it, understand it. No, neither can I. It's like, it's it's a kick in, kick in the teeth that you've got a team in a, a vulnerable position down to 10 men and you've allowed them back into the game and then you've allowed them to equalise. So, yes, I get trying to press for that, the, the winner and, and try and sort of save face, but just play simple things like Liverpool. Uh, and again, going back to what Joe said, Liverpool over the last three, four years have been so good at pressing. They don't just lose that. like, And especially with, with the fresh legs of, of Harvey Elliott, who I thought would, caused quite a bit of problems in terms of pressing and, and winning the ball back when he came on. Just play simple football. You don't need to do Hollywood balls. And in a game where the atmosphere is, is, is sort of fiery, it is where, yes, it's not. I mean, we're not good. Let's face it, we're not going to win the league. We're not going to qualify the Champions League. We're not going to get relegated on the back of this result. But it's a big game to set down a market to get some valuable points on the board against a team that will be competing on come the end of the season. Just play the simple ball. And I don't, I don't know what it is with Bruno at the minute. And again, this isn't a jump on his individual back because there was a lot of players there that I thought well or didn't do themselves any justice, but. I said it sort of in the group chat pre-season. He just hasn't looked the same player as what we got sort of the first twelve months. Like he's looked, he's looked slow. Like even when he's lost that ball, yes, by all accounts, it's ninety minutes. His legs will be tired, but even sort of he's running back. He looked slow. I just don't know if there's like we, we talked about him having an ankle injury towards the back of last season, mm. and he went away and had twenty-four weddings or whatever. It doesn't look like he's, or it doesn't look like it's been an issue, but. There's just some, I, I just don't feel there's something right with Bruno at the minute. We're not seeing the, the best that he is. And we know that he's an emotional guy and he, he plays with emotion and things like that. But just play simple football and, and then, like you say, bolt the target, left back, and we're away. But because we, we have possession, like I know you've got to be reactive as a, as a defender, but that's caused the back four to be fairly deep. Dan Burn deeper than anyone else. And let's face it, Dan Burns not the quickest. Nunes has a bit of pace, and like you say, he's in behind, and it's a great finish. But from it's just so frustrating, and I do think, and I don't want to blame, and I don't want this to come across as like I'm sort of overreacting. But I think this is the first game that I can remember, and I think it's probably because of the result where where there's been a bigger magnifying. Where I think Eddie Howe's just got everything wrong. He's he's tactics in the second half. He's these substitutions, the timing of them, I just feel like he's got everything wrong yesterday. Anything to add on that, Joe? No, spot on. Uh, I think I think we have to maybe a caveat the, the defence a little bit with the fact that Botman was off at this point, so Bernard went to centre-back, Matty Target was at yeah. left-back. Target was kind of caught in no-man's land a little bit. 
And because, I mean, as Ian said, because uh, we gave the ball away, the defence wasn't really set up for an attack. And yeah, Byrne was was uh, further back. No one was picking Nunez up. And he just kind of skirted around Dan Byrne and just in that space between him and target. And it was it was just one of those. Um, it, it really shouldn't have happened. We we should have that game should have been dead and buried by sixty it's, minutes, man. It's hurt, hasn't it? Just it should. It's that, that it's it hurts. Hurt. It hurts. I I cannot think. I genuinely cannot think of a result that hurts as much as that has done. Not, but I think every everything surrounding it, and it's harsh. It's it's mainly down to the fact that it was again our own self destructive attitude that caused it. The fact that we were dominating with for. The majority of the game against 10 men, we were 1-0 up. We squandered numerous chances. We were not clinical enough. And they were there for the taking. They were not confident. They were shaky. They were they, we could have scored two or three by half time at least. Mm. And it's just so frustrating that not only did we not capitalize on Trent's yellow card, sec, you know, yellow card, not capitalize on the fact that Van Dyke was off, but the fact that we allowed them to execute their game plan to perfection, to allow that space in. And it's 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 naivety. It's naivety and it's complacency. And I don't want to go as far as say it's arrogance, but we have a lot to learn. We have a, we have a lot to learn from this result, more so than the two uh, uh, Liverpool results last year, which were annoying in their own right, but they for different circumstances. This was completely down to us. Yeah. And that is what frustrates me. And it goes, this result, it's frustrating because, like the first first half, especially this was everything Eddie Howe uh, team has been good at: dominating the ball, pressing, um, outrunning the opposition. Intensity so in that sense, is I, our intensity. Remember mm. the first half, I cannot fault at all. Yeah, except for maybe the fact we should have got another goal. Fine, capitalize on Trent's yellow card a bit more. Fine, but whatever. Got a one nil half time. Great, hunky dory. The second half goes against com- completely against the ethos that Eddie Howe has instilled upon this team. Um. We were, yeah, being sloppy, making silly decisions, not being clinical enough. It just, it wasn't what this team is has been used to and is and has shown, and that's what annoys me. We are better than that. Um, and for all people can say, yeah, okay, it's a freak result. You know, maybe don't look into it too much. Like I just think that it was so uncharacteristic. It was so characteristic. It's 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 great what, what Ian said that this game isn't gonna have a huge impact on the season overall. Um, it, no, it, it's it's been a very, very difficult start for Newcastle. Obviously, great result against Villa, closely followed by a defeat of Man City. Uh, yeah, a defeat and like like you said, a, a self-destructive performance which have caused a defeat against Liverpool. And then we've got a tough one in Brighton coming up as well. It's a horrible yeah. start to the season. It, it really mm-hmm. is in, in relation to fixtures. Um I just think you would hope that it's another lesson for the lads to learn. And I think it just highlights that maybe what are just that we need to take a step back and think maybe we're not as good as what some people think we are. Um, and yes, the lads do have it in them. Of course they do. But you saw once again the difference between the likes of Liverpool that get those couple of chances and they bury it. And I think Anthony Gordon highlighted this in his post-match interview as well with asking about the goal he scored. Yeah, I said, yeah, it's great. But that's the difference that Liverpool had these chances and they've took them 
where we haven't been clinical enough in front of goal when we have had the chances, we'll create the chances, we couldn't find the back of the net. And 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 obviously it will be an issue if that continues through through the rest of the season, which I don't think it will. I think we will find a feet. No. I think like I said, it just has been a, a bit of a difficult start. Um but it, it is what it is. And I, what yeah. I do want to highlight as well, um I'm not sure if the sky cameras would have picked this one up, but inside the ground, obviously the lads normally do the, the lap around the field, which they did do. Kieran Tribiak wanted to get off that field as quick as possible. It, it, he looked absolutely livid at yeah. full time, where it just looked like he wanted to get in that dressing room and run riot and, and kick off at, at certain performances. You'd hope that, that they've got that in it. Like, let's face it, mm. we've seen sort of the through the Amazon documentary, we've seen the, the sort of the goodness of the, or the good side of the dressing room when they're winning. And so you, you'd like to think they've got that. that the, mm. They're as annoyed as as we are as fans. A couple of couple of things that I just want to end on. So you you saying there it's been a very difficult start. By all accounts, it's it's been a ridiculously hard start. I think we're first five opponents finished within the top seven. I've seen a lot of calls for oh, as Eddie Howe out his death, blah blah. To me, that's absolutely ridiculous. Yes, he's he's got it wrong yesterday, but the saying are three points from three games. If you had have said we'll draw against Villa, against City, against Liverpool, same amount of points, you would be happy with that. It's just the manner of, of how we lost that game yesterday from being in a winning position. Um, so people that are calling for Eddie Howe and, and like have a like I don't know if it's been over emotional, but just like take your foot off the gas and like sit and it's actually think that, about what you're saying. Have, yeah. I think you just that pocket of social media which you're looking at, Ian. I think you just need to see those people, mute them, then you'll never see it again. Hey, any reasonable Newcastle fan. People are people are people are literally just doing it for attention and just to, yeah. to garner like uh conversation. That's all it is. Like I would I would also just like to end on a on a point where nothing you, I, or anyone else can say here that Eddie Howe and his team aren't already acutely aware of and understand from that game. That's a, that's the yeah. thing. If we had, if we had, uh, if that game had occurred during what, like the McLaren era or the Bruce era or whatever, I would be sat there going, Jesus Christ, our mentality is shocking. We are, we're going to, maybe not get relegated, but we are going to struggle when, uh, when we're under the caution later on in the season. I am completely convinced and completely confident that those issues will be rectified. Maybe not next week or the week after, but across the season, Eddie Howe is going to make sure that that performance and that kind of mentality does not happen again. That is not, yesterday has not changed my position or thoughts at all on Eddie Howe, the club, Hmm. where this is going. And I think we all, we can, yeah, we can, should completely criticise this game in isolation. We can absolutely lambast, um, what happened, you know, to an extent, obviously, draw out abuse because that's ridiculous. But like, you know, cr- like constructive criticism, we can do that. But in terms of the grand scheme of things, as Ian said earlier, this is not going to change our t- title run. This isn't going to change our Champions League run. This isn't going to change our overall trajectory throughout the season. We just need a bit of perspective that this club is learning and growing together mm-hmm. as a board, as a management, as players. Unfortunately, this was a blip. We've had it very good. We've had a very good since the um, takeover, and this has been one of those rare negative turns that we just need to learn from. But I'm confident we'll do it. 
It's because we're not used to having this sort of emotion. It's been a while since we've had. It's been it's been a while because we're better than this as well. Like yeah. this is the kind of what I'm trying to say is we we are better than this. In context is is important. I've seen a lot of people say, oh, you know, two years ago we were playing Bruce Ball and all that, and it's like, okay, but we're not anymore. Where I I I have seen what these players can do. We are allowed to criticize them because we know they're better than that. That's and the thing with me is live up to is, their potential as they are is, doing as they should is, be doing. Is the people saying, "Oh, like, well, do you want to go back to Bruce Ball or under Ashley? We would have been like this. We're not that club anymore." And I've said this about the positives. I'll say it about the negatives. We've set our own high standards, and yesterday it was well below the standards we've set. And to a degree, yes, we overachieved last season, but we've we've still like it's not just like one-off games. We we were very very good for the majority of last season. We've set that standard now, and yes, it might be a bit high, but we we need to be trying to at least push that and I think yesterday from all parts from game management from individual performances as a team cohesive we were well below that standard and to be honest deserve to get beat exactly that exactly that um boys um I would love to say it's been a pleasure it hasn't been <laughs> uh, because I don't like talking about these sort of defeats um and I, I was hoping that this would probably calm us down a little bit um hasn't made it worse um <laughs> all right but yeah um Thanks, everybody who is watching. Thanks, everybody who is listening as well. Um, if you have like this sort of content, just like the video at all, but ask to become a subscriber. If you're listening back to the audio, just give us a rating. Give us a five-star rating. It helps us out massively. But yeah, uh, I will be back tonight to do this all over again with the lads <laughs> on the Always Smiling Faces podcast. I can't wait for that. Why would I not want to speak about this twice? <laughs> but yeah, it's been... Well, I, I was going to say it's been a pleasure. Like I said, it hasn't. Thanks, boys. <laughs> See you later. Ta-ra. Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.